For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 251 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we kind of teased it last week. We got a special guest. The Perhaps one of the only appropriate guests you can have on. <laughs> the week that Clone Wars comes to a close. Yeah. You could say he is captain of all Clone Wars. <laughs> Who needs Captain Rex? When you got Captain Corey Van Dyke on Blue Harvest. How's it going, buddy? Damn, dude, what an intro. That's that's too kind. I, I do feel, I felt that. <laughs> yeah, man, like it's, Clone Wars is over and it's, uh, uh, you know, now it's just Clone Wars. There's no Clone Wars, so what's the point? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, of course not. There's plenty of Star Wars to look forward to. Yeah, and we have got a shit ton to talk about this night. This that's night. Right. Tonight. Um, <laughs> before we get into that, we'll do a quick bit of business. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us your questions and voicemails and things like that at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon where we just posted a brand new episode of Blue Harvest Adventures. That's one of the many bonus shows available over there at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and uh, oh yeah if you guys are interested in such a thing we have cloth masks available now at our t public store oh sweet mm -hmm. um, nice they are going in and out of stock pretty quickly i was actually able to order a couple for myself today and then just a little bit later uh some people were reporting back to me that they're already sold out so you got to keep an eye on them but if that's wow, you got the demand. Well, it's not. It's not just ours, buddy. It's oh, uh, I see. It's across T public as a whole. Oh, buddy, I oh, wish. <laughs> I thought it was just you guys. Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> People were like, "Damn, I got to get a Blue Harvest logo over covering half my yeah, face." Yeah, I was like, "Damn, that's awesome. That's very impressive." No, but if you guys are interested, because you know, probably a good idea to start thinking about a. Uh, Reusable mask of some sort. 
to wear out in public at least for the next little while. Check us for out. For the infinite future. Right. Next little while. Come on, guys. <laughs> We're happy. Everything's fine. Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. There'll be a link in the description this week for that as well. Uh, Corey, buddy, before we get into talking about everything, mm. why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Because, man, have you been hitting the content hard over the last <laughs> little so, while. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Kessel Run Transmissions on YouTube. Um, me and my buddy Noah Outlaw run that channel and just post Star Wars content as much as possible. Uh, we've been posting a ton of Clone Wars content. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Wolfpack and at KR Transmissions. We just... Yeah, I just want to pump out as much Star Wars content as we can for everybody who's in quarantine and just so people can enjoy some Star Wars talk. Yeah, man. Reviews. Uh, yeah, we got some reviews up there, some like some figure stuff. You know, we get into the collecting <laughs> side of things. We get into the um, interview side of things mm-hmm. with some of the actors from Clone Wars recently. So that's been a lot of fun to do. Um, and then just, yeah, roundtables talking about the latest episodes. And I guess now that we're kind of in, in the drought, um speculating on what's to come Mm. and if there's one thing will and i like to do around here it's some cock-a-doody speculating (laughs) so buddy uh tell me about uh these custom figures you've been featuring because they're really Ah, cool yeah yeah so um all the way back at comic-con 2018 when the clone wars was first revealed to be coming back um me and steel interviewed the guys at hasbro right after that and i was like listen guys here's the deal um you you're gonna make more clone wars figures like you know they, they already made like 400 yeah. animated clone wars figures and they're all so awesome and so you know i was hoping they'd continue it and they're like yeah you know we'll we'll sprinkle them out throughout all the lines and i was like oh, okay and uh then the next year celebration I interview them and ask them the same question. They're like, yeah, we plan to do a dedicated line for it. And of course, recently Hasbro or not a dedicated line, but throughout the black series and vintage. And of course, recently Hasbro did these, these just insane reveals where they revealed a new stormtrooper and a new Darth Vader and screams clone wars. So I was <laughs> like, okay, it's time. So I, I, I got together with a bunch of my friends who are really, really good at customizing figures, and they worked on some tremendous custom three and three quarter inch Clone Wars figures. So um, I worked with my buddy Ross, MGF Customs. He made a bunch of the clones. My buddy Brian from Customs for the Kid and Elias, they made a fully brand new animated Ahsoka Tano in her Mandalore outfit. And then my buddy uh, Chad Pico B1 Customs, he made uh, Darth Maul and Clone Trooper Echo and just all the essentials and I still have more to show off in future videos like the bad batch and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, if Hasbro's not going to make them, I, I, I needed some, someone to make them for me. <laughs> so um, that's awesome, yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah man. It. You know, looking back at some of that clone wars product that they put out, it is insane. That's probably the last time a star Wars property got that kind of coverage. Yeah, for sure. For because sure. I mean, you know, it, it had the benefit of being the only new Star Wars for so long yeah. that, yeah, they would do damn near every character. Oh, yeah, dude. It, it, even, like, the side characters, you know, mm-hmm. they, they would make them. And that was um, the golden years of Hasbro. Yeah, I can definitely see that because they, they put a lot of cool design work into those figures. They look really cool and clearly very sought after because there's not really 
so much of a thing as a cheap Clone Wars figure on the no. secondary market. They're pretty pricey. Nope. Yeah, the uh, I think the Ahsoka from uh, the later seasons goes for around three hundred dollars, and uh, like the Sidious goes for like two fifty. And yeah, it's it's not a uh, if anybody wants to go back and, and and buy that line, you're gonna have to have some money on you. Which is I you know it shows that there's demand there, but Hasbro just would rather. I it's funny because they revealed a Clone Wars figure like a week ago, and it's like this random. Camino clone trooper from season six just like was in one episode and they're like here's your clone wars figure it's so weird that's weird oh. yeah um so i guess we should talk about may the 4th before we get into i figure we'll talk about that we'll talk about the uh disney gallery making of the mando and then we'll scoot right into the clone wars um but i have to say I was not expecting such a full May the 4th. Mm -hmm. You know, past May the 4ths, they haven't really revealed a lot. You know, maybe some mm. deals on some merchandise or some new merchandise that's coming. But damn, they really went all out with what they came, you know, revealed and stuff this week. Right. Um, Will, you'll remember, what was it, last year we were talking about the rumors that Taika Watiti was going to be directing a Star Wars movie? Yeah. Well, that's confirmed. StarWars.com <laughs> says, Academy Award winner Taika Watiti, who recently won Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit and directed the widely acclaimed first season finale episode of The Mandalorian, will direct and co-write a new Star Wars feature film for th theatrical release. Joining Watiti on the screenplay will be Academy Award nominee Christy Wilson-Carnes. She was a co-writer on 1917 and Last Night in Soho. Um, so, yeah, it's happening. I don't believe, given that dude's current schedule, that it's very likely that that's the 2022 Star Wars movie. But right. he's confirmed because I think his Thor movie got pushed back to February of 2022. Mm -hmm. So it's not sounding likely that he's going to have both those movies coming out in the same year. <clears throat> but I'm loving the confirmation. I'm so excited about that guy doing a Star Wars. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that's really cool. You know, he's... um. His Mandalorian episodes were just 10 out of 10. Yeah, and so, Corey, I know you're also, besides way into the Star Wars stuff, you like the Marvel stuff quite a bit as well. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. What's your feelings on Thor Ragnarok? I like it. You know, it's. Uh, I know a lot of people were, like, really into Thor in a hardcore way, and, like, the first two movies don't like that movie because it's not, like, in line with his character, how it was the first couple movies, but... You know, it, it was a funny movie. It was a, kind of a feel-good movie. So I, I enjoyed it um, for what it was. I It's one of my favorites, I think. It's just yeah. so you can just turn it on and just have a ball with it. Um, so I don't necessarily know if, like, because I kind of wonder if that means he's going to go for the same feeling with a Star Wars film or, you know, because he's known for being comedic. So, but then again, in Mandalorian, <laughs> that was not a comedic episode. So, no, but it did feature some of the like stronger comedy stuff in that show. Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. like the whole 
do the magic hand thing baby right. is in that episode as well as the two scout troopers that are pretty funny right yeah so. that's a good point actually yeah man i uh i'm pretty excited about that one it's just if that's not it's hard to say right because if that's not for the 2022 star wars movie then who is up for that one or is that one delayed so taika right. Waititi can do it that's the question um mm -hmm. Because you think you got to think if they've got him signed on and confirmed for a movie past 2022, if they're still planning that movie for that December, they've got to have somebody lined up for that as well. You would think, right? Yeah, <coughs> yeah. Unless I mean, he's got a crazy work uh, schedule and is going to do that and Thor. I just don't see how it's possible. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's that's too many blockbusters, and, and not only that, but he'd have to be shooting them practically back to back, mm -hmm. um, and then editing the two of them to get. Yeah, that, that's not possible. Yeah, and there's no way. I I just don't see it being possible for him to start on Star Wars after Thor's done, and still be able to get it out by 2022. Right. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> what do you think, Will? What do you think as far as? Do you think? do you think where his movie is the next one up and we're just looking at a, a later star Wars movie than 2022? What do you think we're going to can expect from his movie? All that kind of stuff. I think it's probably later, later yeah. than 2022. I mean, it just feels like with, like you said, with his busy schedule, I don't know where you would squeeze a star Wars movie in in there already. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially and, since it's the same company, you know, Disney, it makes me wonder, you know, the rumors or uh, that came out. I don't even think it was rumors. Didn't Star Wars confirm it about um, uh, Feige working on a Star Wars movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was confirmed. So it I was. wonder if that's mm -hmm. the one that he's helping produce. It would make sense. Right. Yeah. Given the relationship. Yeah, but it would also you would also think maybe that would be inter uh, like uh, mentioned in that article that Star Wars released. Well, you know how they like to, I mean, they like to give you tidbits over yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like, they don't like to just lay all their cards on the table at once. Yeah. Right. I didn't even think about that until just now. Um, Yeah. Can't wait to see what the dude does with Star Wars. Um, You know, it sucks that we're not getting an episode from him in season two of The Mandalorian. But. Oh, yeah. He, uh, it's even better that we're getting a whole movie. So I'll take that, that swap. Right. Um, also, Will, you know, a couple of weeks ago, another rumor we talked about confirmed in the same release from Star Wars was about um, Leslie Headland working on a Disney Plus series. Yeah. That's confirmed, too. In addition, oh, wow. Emmy-nominated Emmy writer Leslie Headland, Russian Doll, Bachelorette, is currently developing a new untitled Star Wars series for Disney Plus. Headland will write, executive produce, and serve as showrunner for the series, which adds to a growing list of Star Wars stories for Disney streaming platform, including The Mandalorian, now in post-production on Season 2. So, the wheels are moving on Star Wars stuff. I wonder who's going to be working in the High Republic era. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that is the question. We have no official confirmation or anything that there we will see stuff set in there but you got to imagine that it's at least being considered right 
Right, especially since they announced, you know, like, it's being worked on. You know, there there is an era, the High Republic era. Right, right, for the publishing stuff. So Right. And, you know, they did say in that, it wasn't in the official release, it was in one of the articles that was talking about her being brought on to Star Wars when it was still, like, a rumor. They said she was going to be working in a timeline that's not, associated with all the other projects oh interesting so that could mean she's in it could mean a lot of things but it could mean possibly high republic so Corey, that'd be awesome let me yeah. uh let me pick your brain about something that will and i are real fascinated in mm. speaking of disney plus stuff yes what you think uh what you think's coming animated in the future my dude Mm, interesting interesting um well um from what i've heard it's definitively the rebel sequel uh, show now this is uh stars ahsoka and sabine um after the events of star wars rebels uh you know i'm i'm, I'm fairly confident in this one um so i i think it makes sense to sort of start getting closer to Ahsoka's end story, you know? Right. Cause I mean, I think that's the biggest question for me personally is when are we going to get Ahsoka's story as one complete whole? And I think now would be the time to start moving in that direction. Um, same thing with captain Rex. I'm sure he would appear in that. So I do think it's going to be the rebel sequel series. Um, I think it just makes the most sense right now, you know, after Clone Wars to go back to that and right. close it out completely. And we keep on hearing, you know, Dave Filoni is working on something, but he can't say exactly what it is. And, yeah, um, and there I, was a article with him today saying that, you know, he like as he is known to do dancing around the subject, saying that he thinks there's plenty of stories to tell with Ahsoka and Sabine still. And yeah. picking back up the story of those characters from Rebels. So, right. It sounds very familiar back in the day when Will and I were like, what the hell happened to Ahsoka after the the season two finale of Rebels? Right. <laughs> right. We're back there again. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, yeah. We, we all know it's coming back sometime, but he's going to be cagey about it. So, yeah. <clears throat> from what you understand, is that this year? Yeah. Yeah, cool. they're from from what I had heard, they're already done with season one, nice. and uh, that's that's a November release for this year. So, oh, wow. Um, I, I'll also say that, like, even uh, today, I, I spoke with the awesome, awesome Kevin Kiner and his two sons who worked on the Clone Wars, and they're some of the most genuine people in this industry. Honestly, they're so kind, and um, we had a really great conversation with them, and and I definitely got the vibe that they're working on more Star Wars right now. So, oh, that's cool. It, yeah, so I, I would say more than likely it's that. I mean, Filoni would definitely want to, you know, do stuff with them. Um, and then also, I don't think we've seen the end of Clone Wars. To, and... Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, here he goes, y'all. Here it comes. Let it, lay it on us, buddy. <laughs> yeah, here it is. So um, we have a, a little video coming, uh, I think, tomorrow from our buddy James Arnold Taylor, who left a very interesting message for the Clone Wars fans. Um, towards the end of that, he kind of, he was like, you know, uh, this isn't, I won't say goodbye because you never know what the Clone Wars. And I was like, oh, 
Uh oh. Okay. All right. All right. I don't know if that's just hopeful thinking or if that's if that's more from reading too much into it. But um, I mean, certainly after the reception of the season, I, I assume Disney's looking at that and uh, could see things being adapted into many movies. I mean, you would have to call it something else, right? Unless yeah. you go back in time. Like in the Clone Wars are technically over, so you'd have to call it. Well, well, that's kind of what you're thinking, Corey, right? Is that they go and finish up arcs that they didn't have the opportunity to to do? Yeah, I think they would do arcs that don't have anything to do with the Clone War. So, like, for example, they could still do that Boba Fett. Yeah, I know that would get you. (laughs) Um, They could still do that Boba Fett story with Cad Bane, and it doesn't have to be in a Clone War season. It could just be... This is what happens to Cad Bane and Boba Fett during the Clone Wars. Yeah, I would I would think you would still want to have it under the title of Clone Wars. Yeah. You yeah. know, just for recognition purposes. But yeah, you, you know, that that's the thing. If they ever do go back and pick up any of that stuff and want to do it, like you said, as like little mini movies, original animated movies for Disney Plus or something. You know, of course, there would be questions of where it slots into the timeline. But Clone Wars has kind of been like that from the beginning. It had such yeah. a weird rollout with it jumping all over the timeline for a little while. Right. That I don't think it would yeah. be that big of a deal. And like you said, if it if it's the stories that are more disconnected from the actual war, then it, it could work even better. Yeah, and, you know... <sighs> Like what they could do too is like they've got season six as a tab, obviously on Disney Plus, and there's only 13 episodes in that season. They could just continue to fill that tab uh, with more episodes until they hit like the 22 mark. So you could technically put those in season six. I uh, th- man, this is this is why I like Corey because <laughs> Clone Wars was done, y'all, and then Netflix said, "Nah, here's some more Clone Wars." Yeah, and Corey was like, "Oh my God, it's Christmas." And then a few years later, Comic-Con rolls around and Lucasfilm is like, nah, man, here's one more shot of Clone Wars. And Corey's like, second Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I just don't believe that like really great stories like Dark Disciple and Son of Dathmir would just be scrapped. I can't imagine that the Disney sees the, the awesome reception of this and is just like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's money. It's moneymaker. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I would, I would take any of those. Well, I don't know about any, but I'd take a lot of those. Yeah, unproduced. Yeah. I don't know that I ever need to see D- Dave Filoni's take on the Yuzan Vong or whatever. No, yeah, that's that's yeah. I I've never. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, and I know that was only like early in the concept phase. Like they were just kicking yeah. around the idea or whatever. But you know, not really something I would yeah. be too into. <clears throat> um, no. So. Will and Corey. Will, what do you think? All right, we're getting a Rebel sequel series of some sort. Almost kind of like the third entry in Dave Filoni's animated trilogy, right? Right. And then there's the rumors of Ahsoka being in The Mandalorian. How do those two things interface? Mm. We've been talking about this a lot lately. I don't know if because the the big question is when is that epilogue in rebels like when does that Mm -hmm. take place in the timeline yeah 
So, I mean, you would think you would want to see those stories. Mm-hmm. You know, the story of going to get Ezra and maybe a little before. I don't know if that's what the next, you know, the Rebel sequel will be. You assume that's what it's going to be. But again, that makes you wonder where is its placement with the Mandalorian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ma- uh, Ahsoka possibly being in the Mandalorian throws a wrench in it for me, just figuring out how it all lines up. Yeah. Like, it'll be interesting to see how those interface with each other and how they, like, if they end up butting heads or sort of, like, causing some sort of conflict. Not like a... How many years is The Mandalorian after Return of the Jedi? That's the thing. Three three to five or something like that, right? Six. I think they announced six. Six, see? That's the thing. I, I don't... Every time I try to look it up, there's so much different information out there because, um, you know, originally they said it was so many years after uh, Return of the Jedi, and then he stepped it back and he said, no, I meant that's so many years after A New Hope, and mm. yeah, I don't know. Somewhere so, between three and six, we'll say. Okay. So how old is Ezra at the end of Rebels? I don't like know. 16, maybe? 16, yeah, 17? I think 16, 17 is probably... Okay. So Right, yeah. You could really do her Mandalorian stuff before you send her off to find Ezra. Because you'd have a pretty grown-up Ezra to deal with. I mm. mean, I, that yeah. would be... that. W- I mean, it would fit, is all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I, I think that might be the best place to put it, is before... That way, the animated you don't have to show... worry about how she came back from the unknown regions. Right. Or... That way, yep. the animated was... show just has a full open road to explore. Right. There's nothing that you they have to shoehorn have... anything in anyway. Right. They don't have to ride right. around anything. <clears throat> yeah, I think that might be my preferable method. Um, so then, all right, if the other rumor is true that they're introducing Ahsoka into the Mandalorian to possibly spin her off into her own live action show. A Corey as a massive Ahsoka fan. How do you feel about that? And how does that show then also interface or conflict with the animated show? I think it's awesome. I mean, for, for a long time now, um, you know, a lot of people have been speculating when, more Clone Wars characters were going to make the jump to live action. I mean, obviously with Rogue One, Saw Gerrera was the first time, which is really exciting. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that they're finally doing it with Ahsoka. Um, I think that now is probably the best time to do it. Her popularity has never been higher. So this is a, a great time to, with Clone Wars ending, you know, the characters still live on in, in different media. And so it's perfect that we're getting this story with Ahsoka and in live action um, in terms of how it could cross over with the, with the animation, you know, the epilogue to rebels never really specifically says uh, like how long after return right. of the Jedi it is. So my thinking is Sabine and Ahsoka or Sabine at least, you know, cause she's, I think of the epilogue, she says she finally understood what she had to do one day to find Ezra and that had to do with Ahsoka. Right. So you could technically say that, let's say Mando is like four years after uh, Return of the Jedi. So four years after the end of Rebels, uh, you could say that's how long it took for Ahsoka to get back from where she was at. Right. And, and to, you know, maybe 
introduce that storyline first in Mandalorian and then carry it over with the sequel a month later or depending on when the episode airs for Ahsoka, right? We don't, we don't know when that yeah. would be. Um, I would assume it would be towards the later half, but that's one of the issues, right? Is they would technically overlap each other. If, right. if what I heard is true and the sequel show airs in November, well, that's right in the middle of uh, Mando season two airing. Right, um, and you'd almost think that they'd want to spread that out more. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I, look, I won't complain if we have new episodes of an animated show and The Mandalorian happen at the same time. Yeah. But you would think, like, the same way that The Clone Wars didn't air until after The Mandalorian, that they would spread them out somehow. Right, yeah, and, you know, like, a part of me wonders if some of the stuff I heard has to actually do with the Mandalorian too. Um, just because I, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, I was told Ahsoka is going to come back and then it's like, Oh, she's a Mandalorian. So, um, <coughs> I, I definitely still heard animation is, is a thing for the rebel sequel. So I could see Disney delaying that release until next year, especially with everything going on right now, they, yeah. they're going to want to spread it out even more now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how that would connect, and if maybe we'd see Din Djarin in the Rebel sequel then, oh, or Baby that would Yoda. Be rad. Yeah, that yeah would right. Be fun. Yeah. So you know, there's a couple periods of Ahsoka's timeline, like that would be cool to explore in live action mm -hmm. that wouldn't interfere with the Mandalorian or the sequel series, like mm -hmm. her time in the Rebellion or working with the Rebellion. But I feel like the casting of Rosario Dawson sort of signifies an older Ahsoka than yeah. more Ahsoka between the end of the Clone Wars and when she shows up in Rebels. Right, yeah. Um, we also can't rule out some kind of, like, cameo shenanigans in The Mandalorian. Like, what if it's a flashback or something? Right. You know, and it's yeah. just this real quick thing to introduce Ahsoka in live action, and then she gets her right. own show down the line. Well, what I think is interesting is if you're going to introduce Ahsoka, I mean, you know, one of her close, not friend, well, like, I don't know what the word is. It's not a co-worker, but like. Compatriot? Uh, one of her compatriots, that's a good word, is Sabine, right? Right. Like, mm -hmm. So, who is a Mandalorian, right? Mm -hmm. So, it would seem like a missed opportunity not to include her in some way in the Mandalorian. Yeah. We, or at least reference her. We've talked about her and Bo-Katan. Like, that seems like a no-brainer to include both of those characters in the Mandalorian at some point, right? Right. Assuming they're still around, which there's no reason to believe they're not. Well, Sabine has to be, because she goes with Ahsoka Khan Ezra, right? Right. right. And yeah. uh, the last thing... Now, this, this might not spell a great outcome for this character, but the last time we see the Darksaber... Before we see Moff Gideon with it, uh, Sabine gives it to Bo-Katan, correct? Yeah. So he got that Darksaber somehow. So maybe she shows back up in live action. That would be cool, too. Um, so speaking of the Mandalorian, to add to a couple of confirmations this week, we have two directors mm. uh, confirmed for the Mandalorian, and that's Robert Rodriguez who you may know as the director of Planet Terror and Sin City and Spy yes. Kids 
and um uh what was the movie with old feet lover quentin tarantino and the vampires (laughs) from dust till dawn from dust till dawn um he is directing an episode as is peyton reed who directed ant-man and ant-man and the wasp Mm. so that's cool we got a couple of mandalorian directors announced i think that kind of rounds it all out right as far as the directors yeah who well so is it confirmed that um john favreau is directing this year yeah okay and dave filoni yeah uh carl weathers carl weathers so that's five Um, and then bryce dallas howard was confirmed as well as really yeah i think rick famua was also doing one so well then that might be our full lineup of directors because you've got to imagine somebody's going to do more than one probably filoni you know so filoni does two favreau Rick Famuyiwa, Bryce Dallas Howard, Peyton Reed, Robert Rodriguez, and Carl Weathers. That's eight episodes right there. Yep. Wow. That's That's cool. I think that's a strong lineup of directors. I wish Deborah Chow was coming back because she did a a couple of really good episodes last season. She really did. I think she's uh, just completely on Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable if she she didn't come back because she's focusing on kenobi makes a ton of sense because isn't she doing like every single episode i believe so yeah that that'll do it (laughs) yeah definitely um so yeah i I think that's exciting it's it's interesting to see a guy like um robert rodriguez get involved he was rumored a few months back i think the black series rebels guys um said that he and james mangold were involved and then james mangold came out and was like no i'm not involved Mm, okay <laughs> um which totally killed my boba fett conspiracy theory you know he was, <laughs> he was supposed to do the boba fett movie right right i i i still think man i, st- I still think that we'll get boba oh i know in my heart of hearts that was him in episode <laughs> five i have no doubt i was just saying uh, like what better person to bring bring yeah. on to direct um a episode of the Mandalorian that introduces Boba Fett, but the guy who was going to direct a movie that Boba right. Fett was going to be the star of. Um, For sure. So did you guys have a chance to watch Disney gallery, the Mandalorian yet? I did. What'd yes. you think? Will? I thought it was incredible. I mean, incredibly done. Uh, awesome to see the positive teamwork and camaraderie behind the team of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome to see the behind the scenes peek at the actors and the technology, just getting to see in their minds of how they were doing and how respectful and serious they approached this project, uh, really has me hopeful for future star Wars projects. Yeah. And the format of it was exactly what I was looking for. We talked about it last week, that extra that was on like the infinity war release, Right. Where it was all the Marvel directors talking about how they built up to this big moment. Just like sitting around a table bullshitting and stuff. That's what we got out of this and I really liked it. Um, I did too. I I thought it was a cool idea to start off with the directors. And seeing how they both, or both, how they all sort of approached it differently. And the different challenges each director had for their episodes like mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> i thought that was pretty cool and 
you know, Bryce Dallas Howard talking about when she was a kid going to dinner with George Lucas and her dad and Kurosawa. And Kurosawa, right? And like, then yeah. years later, she's directing like an homage to Kurosawa with her episode. Like, that's a pretty tight little connection right there. Pretty incredible. All the stories about the famous people, like David Filoni talking about uh, all his conversations with Uncle George. Like, I was like, that is, I would eat that up. I could listen to Dave Filoni talk about George Lucas for all the rest of the episode. Like <laughs> Kevin Smith has this fa- this famous story he tells about the time he almost made a Superman movie, and it's really oh, wow. funny. And I could listen to him tell that story anytime. I could also listen to Dave Filoni tell the story about getting the Clone Wars job and thinking that the guys at SpongeBob SquarePants were pranking him. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've heard that story uh, several times now, and every time I think it's funny. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, hey, so, but not to get too sidetracked, you know, before he got hired on Clone Wars, he was watching, or he was watching, he was working on Avatar The Last Airbender, which right. I know you were watching, Corey. How are you finding that show so far? Yeah, I just started. I'm only on, I think, episode 10 of mm-hmm. the first season, but you can definitely tell that. Kind of like Clone Wars. Uh, have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like it. It's like it's the story's very solid. The characters are very likable, and um, the episodes that Dave worked on, you can you can kind of tell like that that was something that Dave had a hand in. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's it's it was cool to see him talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's one of Jesse's favorite shows. We're currently rewatching Community, and I think mm. by the time we finish with that. Avatar will be back on Netflix and we'll do a rewatch of that. Nice. Well, they're doing a live action show, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, buddy, I know you're you're delving into the Avatar universe. Don't watch that movie. I, I you know what's funny yeah. is that's actually I actually did have seen the movie. <laughs> oh, you saw the movie before the show? I saw the movie when I was a kid and I don't recall anything from it. Um that ain't I just, a good sign. I guess so, but it's funny because I remember liking it, but I was a kid, so I didn't know better. Right. Um, it, well, and it's also hard if you haven't seen the original. Like you, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. So. I, I think what I'm going to do is when I'm done watching the series is I'm just going to do like a live stream of just watching the movie. <laughs> that could be funny. Yeah. Just cracking think, jokes it on work. it and stuff. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have yep. you ever seen that movie, Will? Uh, I have seen parts of the movie and the parts of the movie I saw made me not want to watch the rest of the movie. I remember the first time I saw the trailer for that movie was at your old apartment in Starkville. Yeah. Sitting on your couch, doing elevated things, watching TV, and we saw the trailer for it and I was like, that looks awesome. (laughs) I remember thinking like, wow, that looks really good. It was not really good. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I had high hopes because it was old. Uh, what's M. his Night name? Shyamalan. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. I was expecting a twist, but uh, <laughs> I did not get it. <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything. Like, I think, you know, it was a good start for this whole Mandalorian making of series that they're doing. Yeah. I'm still not crazy about Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. The title. Disney Gallery. Yeah. Um, I, it could have been better. Yeah. Uh, agree. Um, but I think as we get further in and they get into like the cat, because it's sort of broken down, the episodes are broken down by 
uh, different categories. Like, so the first one was the director, and then they're going to get into an episode that's all about the casting. I think that'll be really cool. The, they're going to do a whole episode on like the technology, which you saw a little bit of in this, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, it really makes me think back to when George Lucas wanted to do the Star Wars Underworld show, and they oh, just wow. couldn't find a way to make it work, like financially, and create Star Wars on the level he wanted on like a TV budget. So like it really makes me see that like just a few years down the road, they were able to pull that off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been, I really enjoyed the first episode. My whole thing with it really comes with the fact that I don't think it should be weekly. Like it's just something that I would love to go through the whole process all at once. Yeah, um, it's like the only time where I think something probably shouldn't be weekly or, or even released closer to when it actually finished. Um, I think it would have if they wanted to keep it weekly and put that out in between the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars. I think that would have been a better release schedule. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, because it's it would have. Yeah. And it would have given us something to like hold us over till the big daddy Clone Wars comes out. You know, Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but you also got to wonder, like. If that wasn't the case, what would we be watching now? So, like, you can yeah. kind of see it both ways, I guess. Yeah, definitely. They were trying to fill a gap, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward, because I think that first Marvel series was due this year. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be out in August, but they still had three weeks left of filming. So. Yeah, and who knows when they're going to get back to that, so... Right. That may not make its August date. We may see some stuff shuffling around, which could lead to, like you were saying earlier, Corey, like the animated series maybe not hitting uh, right. exactly when when you would have thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what do you want to see in season two of The Mandalorian, Corey? Oh, man. Um, well, I... Definitely want to see more of Moff Gideon's character. I love Giancarlo Esposito. So, like, the fact that he's in Star Wars is such a blessing in itself. Um, so, I can't wait to see more about Moff Gideon and the Darksaber and how he got it. I am especially excited for Ahsoka. I mean, yeah. that's just... That's incredible. I hope she does interact with Baby Yoda because that combo will be too much for me to handle. Uh, <laughs> so, I am all over that. Um, and... You know, if there's two other characters, or I guess three, that I really want to see is, you know, Bo-Katan. I, I think Katie Sackhoff is going to come back as Bo-Katan. She's been, like, vague tweeting it for a little like, while now. a year now. Yeah, so I can see that happening. Uh, Boba Fett, obviously. I mean, there's I, he has to be in it. Has um, to. Yeah, so I'm down for that. And um, I also want to see, oh, I'm told, oh, yeah, Captain Rex. I'd be interested in seeing some more Morrison as old man rex that'd be awesome you know what would be cool yeah timora morrison as the voice of boba in a oh, scene yeah. with timora morrison as captain rex i uh, oh my let me tell you i <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate fan service scene like i mean just thinking about how like rex has to make the realization that that's the clone template's son would be i'd yep sign there, me up there's something cool there that they could do and like that'd be like tim Moore morrison being like oh yeah d bradley baker you want to play <laughs> me a thousand times look at me 
I'm playing me <laughs> twice. Oh man. Twice the Tamora. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> um All right, Corey, let's do it. Clone let's Wars. It. Yes. So, Will, last time we recorded, we didn't have the last two episodes. We got the last two episodes since we recorded. <clears throat> and I'd just like to get this out of the way. Last week, Will, you said I was crazy that we wouldn't see Darth Vader. And look who we saw. <laughs> look who we saw. I, I will eat that crow. Full on. Big Daddy Darth Vader showing up right at the very end. He just... If if I just remember, I guess it was Rebels, when him and Ahsoka square off, it seemed like he, I guess, was surprised that she was alive, but I guess that's because of how this ended. Well, yeah, she you fakes know, I guess death. he's assuming that she's dead because he found her lightsaber. Yeah. But it it works both ways. He can assume that she's alive because he found it, you know, just laying on top of the ground. I with think a bunch that of was buried stormtroopers. It was kind of ambiguous. Yeah, I think that was the implication, though, was that the saber was buried there or was set there because she died. Right. Right, Corey? Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I definitely think that Vader. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think this is set before um, the siege of Lethal, so before oh, yeah. he he finds out. So I I think that that's Anakin's assumption right off the bat the minute he picks it up is she's gone yeah and i think him bringing it back with him is a sign of the last bit of him still around um yeah it's it's such a great moment because like i it's interesting because vader's mannerisms are different here Mm -hmm. it's it's very anakin the way that Maybe I'm looking into it too much, but I think the way that he kneels down and picks up the lightsaber, like Vader would have just force grabbed it, right? He, he wouldn't have cared if it was any other lightsaber. But Anakin actually, he kneeled down, he picked it up, he you know, dusted it off, ignited the blade, and took it. And I think that was the last bit of Anakin Skywalker kind of seeping through a little bit there. And yeah, feeling and, a little nostalgic. You know, he also looks thinner. In build, so I think this is pretty early on in him being Vader. Yeah, yeah, I think more than likely this is probably a year or two after the events of the last episode. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I I thought that was real cool. We also have to shout out. Didn't see it coming. They gave our boy Kiati Mundi at least one line in the final season of the Clone Wars. <laughs> we got did. to see him in his resplendent glory. In hologram form, I'll take it. He was there. Yeah, I love that they that they pulled the uh, Silas Carson dialogue, mm-hmm. and that's what we got. Because like, the minute I heard it, I'm like, wait, that has to be Silas Carson. Like that has to be pulled directly from Revenge of the Sith, and sure enough, it was. That's awesome. Is that is that that's a scene from Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah. That Jedi Council conversation is verbatim a scene from Revenge yep. of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's cool because in Revenge of the Sith, you know, the, the when they go to the next shot is exactly when Ahsoka walks in. So it's like adding so much more to Revenge of the Sith than we knew before. And so Ahsoka's kind of in Revenge of the Sith now. It's it's really cool. Yeah, and, and our buddy Chris Fresh sent me a cool edit somebody did the day that episode came out with an mm. inner cut showing you like how that went down and how it lines up. It yeah. Was really well done and really cool to see. Um 
Yeah, the way it sort of weaved in and out of Revenge of the Sith in these last few episodes was really cool. Um, yeah. One of my major observations of these last two episodes, the music. Oh, my okay. God. Oh, yeah. The music was absolutely incredible. And mm-hmm. something about – it was great in the last episode, but something about the way it built the tension in the next-to-last episode was just out of this world. I agree. Yeah. Like, Because you know what's coming, right? You know right. going into this episode, holy shit, this is probably Order 66. And the minute right. the music kicks in and, like, Ahsoka and Rex are ca- talking and he goes out of the room, like, it just – the ten, like you said, the tension they built up in an animated show, amazing. You know, like I, I can't give them enough credit for that. Um, yeah, yeah, knocked it out of the park because it was also, you know, I'm not a super knowledgeable guy when it comes to the Clone War scores. I'm familiar with them, but it also was a, a different, like it was yeah. a different approach to it that was really neat too. I thought. Um, I will say, and I don't mean this as a negative, but it, it's mixed a little funny. <coughs> like, the music, the score is so loud, I had mm-hmm. to turn on the subtitles at a couple points to to hear what they were saying. You know, you know, I was find like, the audio on Disney Plus a little funky in general. Maybe it's Disney Plus. Maybe that's what it it's is. It's real low, normally. Like, I can watch anything on, a, like, you know, a pretty regular setting on my soundbar. But with Disney Plus, I have to turn it up pretty loud. Um, I've noticed. But yeah, I it, it took such a forefront the music in that episode. Really did. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. I like um, Darth Maul's Mandalorian prison <laughs> that they were yeah. floating him around in. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, the scene with. Sidious. So who was doing Sidious's voice, Corey? Do you that, know that? That was uh, Ian McDermott. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got, was that cut out of something else, or did they get him to come in and record that? I'm thinking that's something from Revenge of the Well, I don't know, because it actually, in the credits, you know, they've got archive footage, and then they have the main cast, and he's listed in the main cast. So I could see him probably recording that during Rise of Skywalker or something, just yeah. real quick. That. So that's probably what, what that is. Does he say Captain Rex by name? No, he no. just says execute order 66. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, what is it that I'm thinking of that he, oh, maybe it was a comic where he referred to the clone uh, commander by name when he was like mm-hmm. doing the order 66. Order. Well, Commander Cody in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, right. he does. In Revenge of the Sith, he says Commander Cody. I think Commander Gree as well. Okay, okay. <laughs> um yeah that moment like in the way they tied it into fives from the the oh. arc from the lost missions or season six or whatever yes like a really cool way to do that because they kind of set up in that episode that rex was like something weird's up and i'm gonna look into this you know yeah that was to me one of the most compelling arcs of the clone wars that fives arc Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Fives is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so that moment, like, so when the Bad Batch came out and Echo never asked about Fives, that I was so disappointed because I'm like, damn, Echo and Fives were supposed to be like yin and yang. I mean, they were the last two members of Domino Squad, um, and he never asked about Fives. 
And so this was really worth it because the payoff of having essentially fives is the reason Ahsoka and Rex are still alive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's huge. Like the, the payoff for that character is incredible. And, you know, I think it's crazy how much fives kind of influences the rest of the saga now because of this. Um, and, you know, cause I was so sad when he died, I almost yeah. like he didn't die. He like, he died for no reason. Right. Cause because no he didn't get his point across. Yeah, exactly. And then Rex was able to hold on just a little bit longer and say his name. And like, that was just props to Dave for, for doing that because that made his character feel like he did not die in vain. He died to save his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if it hadn't have paid off, everybody would have been like, what about five? Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Corey, you will probably know the answer to this because you're a lot more knowledgeable about like the production side of Clone Wars. So am I mistaking in thinking that both the Bad Batch arc and the Ahsoka and the Pikes and the Two Sisters arc were arcs that were already sort of in production when they shut down? Yeah, so yes. I think that Disney... Probably one of the deals was you can do four completely brand new episodes, which right. of course would be Siege of Mandalore, and they gave them a crazy budget for that. And then they could do eight episodes that were already in development. And Bad Batch had already come out as uh, story reels. So all four episodes were out. Yeah, and they changed <laughs> a lot for sure um, since those animatics came out. But the middle arc with the, with the two sisters um, originally had a character named Nix Okami with Ahsoka. And um, it was not Trace and Rafa. And so they changed it to oh. Trace and Rafa, um, which I think is fine. I mean, I, I don't I don't mind. I It's not the most compelling arc, but, you know, I see why it was necessary for Ahsoka. Yeah. And I love any moments we get with Ahsoka. So she was awesome in those episodes. Um, yeah, so those, I think, were already in the pipeline and that's why like we didn't get like say son of dathomir because that would have that was never in even animatic stages and that would have cost a fortune right so that might also be why there wasn't much of a fives reference in the bad batch right because it was something that was already in production um no it was actually um it was after fives death right i know so, that i know yeah. that but it's it's it was a sh it was an episode or an arc that they were already working on, but I guess they did do some rewrites and some additional stuff. So yeah, that's they could what have still worked. Me is when I first saw that arc at Celebration Anaheim in the story reels, that was my first complaint of it was why didn't Echo ask about five? So when I saw they were doing rewrites, the first thing I thought is oh well, they're gonna by the end of this arc he's gonna say something you know, and it didn't have to be crazy like the third episode where. Rex is like just like old times and they get onto the ship. I'm that's where I'm like, oh, here it is. Echo's gonna say, Well, what's going on with fives? But uh you know. Uh Will, what did you think about the action set pieces in these last two episodes? Uh just fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Uh it was cool seeing Darth Maul work his way out of I mean it you know, I just kind of assumed Ahsoka and Rex would fight it out. Obviously, Rex's blaster on stun. Ahsoka doing their thing, her thing with the lightsabers. 
But it was almost more interesting to see Maul work his way out without a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and that scene where he fucks up the hyperdrive, crazy. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he's pulling off panels off the wall and using them as shields. Yeah, real and decapitating dudes. Yeah. They don't show it, but it's way implied. Oh, yeah. Um, I also like the... He even asked her for a lightsaber. I kind of, He's like, <laughs> you're going to give me a fighting chance? She was like, no, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the scene where she's like falling through the sky trying to get into the Y-Wing or whatever with Rex. Yeah. Man, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. You know, I think just kind of going back to Maul, one of the coolest things about that scene is just, I don't think we've ever seen that before, where a force wielder just goes through a crap ton of people without a lightsaber and just purely using the force. And I love the contrast of the first two episodes. Maul is off his A game, right? He is just completely scared and anxious about what's to come. And then the minute he finds out what the plan was, he sees the brilliance in it and starts to become more like the mall we've seen before where no one can stop him. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, a nice little nod to rogue one and Chirrut when Ahsoka's trying to locate the chip where she's doing the, yeah. I am one with the force and the force is with me. I like that little call out. I thought that yeah, was really cool. Yeah, yeah, when she's doing the mantra chant. Like, mm-hmm. that's excellent. Yeah. So, in Rebels, right, he's got two other clone buddies with him. Wolf and Gregor, right? Yeah. So, they, he must run into them, well, obviously, sometime past this. I guess I just assumed they would be along and it all happened at the same time, but obviously it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was um, really hoping that we'd see some sort of connection with them, but I think this is total wishful thinking. I don't think they're going to do this. I think they should do this, and it would be a very logical move, is do an in-between series, too, with Rebels and Clone Wars. It doesn't have to be season after season. It can just be a quick, maybe 10-episode miniseries of Rex connecting with with those clones. I mean, because how does yeah. that happen? Mm-hmm. Rex and the boys. Maybe. Maybe even Commander Cody pops in at some point. Like, I think that that could be one of the most compelling stories for Rex is finding his brothers again. I like I like Will's title for it: Rex and the Boys. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus, Rex and the Boys. I'm so down. <coughs> oh man, because um, you know you you could have a really good time storytelling. Setting up, do you, I? Uh, it's been a long time. I don't remember the planet they ended up on with that walker, right? Um, but it may be the same planet that Ahsoka crashed on. You know, I don't know, but I don't think so. I doubt it because there, you know, that that planet was snow heavy on half the planet. Um, yeah, but it would be cool to figure out how they got there doing that. Yeah, like, it, living like on that's that crawler or whatever. Definitely a story I'm interested in finding out or knowing what happened um how those two guys like did rex help them did they go along with order 66 and then rex showed up and helped them or did they resist it like he did it's i don't know but i want to know oh dude get tamora morrison and make him play all three parts and do live action. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> that would be incredible. Because who's the one that's... It's Gregor that's a little off-kilter, right? Yeah, Gregor's been through it. Yeah, that seeing Tim Morrison play that 
version. Oh man, that'd be incredible. I'd watch that. Yeah, my three Tamaras. I, I really thought the Bad Batch would come back for something. You know, yeah, like same. I, I just thought they would come back for, I don't know, something. In a, you know, in a full Clone War season, they would have. You know, more than twelve episodes, three arcs, we would have seen them again. You know. Yeah. Um, and I thought there was so much setup for. Uh, what's the guy that was taken hostage? Uh, the guy that was taken hostage. The guy who was taken hostage. You, you know the guy by the the Federation. He was all messed up. Oh, you know, Echo. Echo. Yeah. There Echo. was so much uh, uh, investment in Echo's character. It just yes. made me feel like the Bad Batch would come back with Echo in it at some point at the end. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'd be really excited to if they ever did a, a Bad Batch series because those guys that are so awesome. That would be sweet, dude. Yeah. It would be sweet. Dude, absolutely. Like, I mean, like even like a series about clones' perspectives after Order 66 would be cool and you could throw those guys in for an arc or something. And Absolutely. To, to be honest, like um, I'm sure you guys know about uh, like Clone Trooper Kicks, who's still around in the Force Awakens era. Yeah, because he was... And, what was it? He gets unfrozen. Not is he in Carbonite or some shit? Yeah. 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 And he he popped up in the first episode of the Bad Batch and then disappeared by the time Siege of Mandalore aired. So clearly they're following that story. And I God, I'd, I'd love to see a sequel trilogy era clone trooper and, and and how he has to deal with that. Because that was in one of the short stories, right? Yeah. Post, um. Or while Force Awakens was coming out, they they're going after some sort of bounty or package, and it turns out to be kicks. Yes, and yep. then also in uh, Lords of the Sith, there's a clone trooper who is now an Imperial Royal Guard that shows up with Palpatine. Yes, they don't say his name or anything, but like. Vader, Palpatine, and the Royal Guards are hanging out, and he takes his helmet off, and I think it's Vader who recognizes that, oh, that's a clone. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there is plenty of interesting stuff they could do with the clones in sort of the post-Episode 3 Birth of the Empire era. Right. There's some cool stuff they could do there, for sure. I'd love that. I mean, you know, and I think that that's a perfect way to continue some of those stories. You know, I'm really curious to see how Disney plus is going to go forward with their animation department Mm -hmm. because I think like clones are so popular that I've always wanted to see the perspective of how they dealt with the aftermath of order 66. And we got a little bit of that in rebels, which was awesome, but there's so many other commanders I want to know about like Bly and Cody and um, you know, like, like Will mentioned, I mean, even uh, the Bad Batch and Echo, like that, those stories are still um, open ended. So I'd, I'd love to see them. Yeah. And, and it comes like you kind of run into this paradox with the clones, kind of like you don't want to have too many Jedi that survive Order 66 because then it seems like, well, Order 66 wasn't that big of a deal. Like, look how many Jedi got out, you know? Right. Where, you don't want to have too many clones that get the chip removed or defy Order 66 because then it takes away a little bit of the specialness from like Rex and the you know other characters doing that. 
But, uh, you know, not necessarily that you couldn't do that with some of them. So the thing that's kind I mean, of fucked up is when you think about it, the story for some of these clone, like, it gets dark real quick. Like, the Bad Batch story post what we've seen could be real dark. Yeah, right. they could be doing some messed up stuff for the Empire. Yeah. Um. Also, though, I mean, quite obviously, the... uh. The cloning world, Camino. The Caminoans are obviously in the pocket of Sidious, right? And could still be producing clones, you know, up until the time of a new hope, right? So I, I was, I mean, we've established canon-wise that, you know, I, I'm I don't know where, but I mean, I just in my mind, I think I, I've established canon-wise that, you know, a, a majority of the Empire stormtroopers are recruited and drafted or whatever. Right, and uh, instead of clones, our but, buddy, I mean, you could retcon that. Our buddy Tracy Moon was asking me this over the weekend, and I don't know if this was old canon or current canon, but for some reason I had the idea that post the Clone Wars, Palpatine outlaws cloning. Yeah, he actually does. I forget. It's, it's mentioned somewhere, but they do shut down the production of clones. I think they mentioned that in Rebels. Yeah, and not that he himself would follow that rule if he didn't want to. And then, you know, the, because the clones age at an accelerated rate, most of them age out by the time of A New Hope. Right. That's why by the time of the original trilogy, it's like, you know, it's not clones that are stormtroopers anymore. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why Rex is so old in Rebels. Is because he, like, he ages, ex like, at twice the rate or something. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, trying to think if there's anything. Is there anything else, Will, that you can think of that you want to bring up? Not right off the top of my head. Um, again, it just seems like a different Ahsoka from that previous arc with Trace um, and what's-her-name. Yeah. Rafa. Rafa, right. I mean, uh, we already covered that, but I mean, she's just, uh, Ahsoka is so confident and so level-headed and so logical, logically thought out. And none of that, like, she was none of that in that, uh, in that arc. But again, like Cody, like uh, Corey said, I get why they had to do that for her character. I get exactly why she needed that. I just feel like it may have been better to do that arc before the Bad Batch. Um, yeah, and, you know, once again, if this had been, <clears throat> I think we talked about this, if this had been a full Clone Wars season, there probably would have been space in between that uh, Ahsoka arc and the Siege of Mandalore, I would think. Right. Because, the Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't often that they did two arcs like that back-to-back. -back. There would normally be they would go off and tell another story in between like arcs of that yeah. nature. Well, it's, it's interesting because season seven is actually already out of order. Mm -hmm. it, it's uh, the arc with Trace and Rafa and Ahsoka should actually be the first arc and then bad batch and then siege of Mandalore. Right. And I don't know if I just assume this, but it seems like that Ahsoka arc takes place almost right after she leaves the Jedi order. Yeah, um, I think there's like a year in there. Oh, okay. her, uh, really? Yeah, her head tails are <laughs> way longer oh, okay. than they were oh, okay. when she left the uh, the Jedi. 
Well, that's See. super surprising for me. I'm glad to know that now. Yeah. Okay. Well, alrighty then. <coughs> well, so they had some other arcs planned for Ahsoka as well. Like, wasn't she going to be involved in the arc that was going to take place under the Jedi Temple on Coruscant? Yeah. Yeah, it was going to be... That was going to originally be the way that um, Ahsoka, I think, was reintroduced again to Anakin and Obi-Wan is something... She would have figured something out with the Sith and they would have gone into a shrine and Sidious would have been involved. And it seemed a little convoluted. So part mm. of me is actually glad that never happened. Yeah. Because um, I think it just... It starts getting too close with Sidious again. Right. Closer than they already have been. So I don't think that would have worked out too well. Yeah, and you know... That was another arc that I got the feeling was sort of in the earlier planning stages. Um, as opposed to some of the other stuff they did, you know. So it makes me wonder if in between, if they had gotten to make it in between that and it actually coming out, it could have been smoothed over and figured out a little better. Right. It was, I got to say, <clears throat> I guess it was 2015 when they did the Untold Stories from the Clone Wars panel where Dave Filoni first talked about Anakin giving her half of his clone battalion and them all painting their armor to be like her color scheme and shit. Like, yes, hearing about that was so cool. And I was like, damn, man, it would have been cool to see that. And then actually seeing it happen was very neat. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> it would have been cool if they had had some more adventures again. I know this is the shortened version of the season, which we had had a full season, but seeing Ahsoka on her own for a year before all that happened would have been awesome. Seeing her get the bike and her, you know, denim onesie and her cowboy boots, that would have been cool, <laughs> you know. And uh, seeing her do some more stuff with her half of the clone troopers. Like, I know, like, the way the story's written, I mean, she's got to go right to Mandalore, but I don't know, just seeing her in control of a starship with her, you know, Ahsoka troops, like doing some other pimp and stuff. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the few figures they have done, right? In sort of the Galaxy of Adventures style is a Ahsoka decoed clone, clone trooper. Yeah, they got the uh, Ahsoka trooper and an Ahsoka on yeah. the way in that line. Oh, those aren't even out yet, huh? No. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty delayed now. There's no pre-orders up for them either. Yeah, I kind of noticed, like, you know, looking through, I keep an eye on that kind of stuff. And I guess I did notice that those aren't up yet. Um, hmm. Yeah, who knows how much, because I've had that Boba Fett Black Series helmet pre-ordered from a website since last summer. And people are finding it all over the place, and mine still hasn't shipped yet. And you have to Oh, assume, really? Yeah, you have to assume it's because they haven't gotten their shipments yet. Because everything's right. kind of delayed and messed up right now. <laughs> but boy, am I going to be insufferable when that thing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I bet. Did you, well, I'm sure you're pumped of the uh, prototype armor, Boba Fett. Of helmet. course. They get me like, oh, I was like, oh, you mean they just sprayed that thing white? Oh, let's get a pre-order in on it. <laughs> and then they announce a new Boba Fett hot toy this week. Jeez, they're coming for me hard. Oh, dude. You're, yeah, honestly, I mean, as a Boba Fett fan, this year is the year, I think. Yeah, I mean, the 40th that. anniversary Empire. That'll do it. Yeah, they're really hitting the merch for Boba that Fett hot, hard. 
that hot toy looks awesome. They just announced that they're doing another 40th anniversary figure too. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be. I, is it? I kind of wonder if it's just going to be another recard of the the uh, traditional Black Series, because you know they did the uh, vintage sort of Kenner looking one for San Diego Comic Con last year on the card, yeah. like on the foil card. So I don't know if they're going to do that on a regular non-foil card or if it'll just be Boba, just the regular Black Series Boba, like the third reissue of it at this point. Right, yeah, probably, honestly. Yeah, I'll still get it because I'm a sucker. Yeah, I think that uh, because of the special packaging they're doing on that, uh, that new Boba Fett Hot Toys, that one might stay in the package. It might just get dis displayed in the box. Yeah, I mean that that's that's I think the first time they've done that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they they're doing two of them, right? They're doing that in the Empire Vader. In that packaging. Yes, yeah. And then they also announced some Clone Wars hot toys. Well, they have they're mm -hmm. teasing them. Yeah, you know, that always scares me because uh hot toys teases a lot and sometimes they don't actually come through. Yeah, because so. uh I've been wanting the Poe Dameron hot toy that they've shown off a billion times. That's nowhere to be seen. You know, it took them forever to get the Krennic out after they showed it off for the first time. But I think those Clone Wars are destined to be coming out. Yeah. Like, um, I really hope, you know, like the Troopers, I'm in. That's cool. But I really hope we get like an Ahsoka, an Asajj Ventress. Um, I, I think Ahsoka is a guarantee because uh, J.C. Hong uh, was liking a bunch of comments of people asking about Ahsoka. So and I he's think one of the uh, sculptors, right? Yeah. 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 He's, he is the guy to go to for <laughs> questions. Man, that, that would be, if, if people out there listening or wanting an Ahsoka hot toy, if you hear that concept and you're like, Oh, I'd be in on that. You better pre-order that quick. Oh yeah. I think, uh, Ahsoka and Rex would go very fast. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the sideshow Rex goes for about a grand. Woo! Yeah. And that's the side show, not even the hot toy one. Right. Yep. Corey, I think with all your yep. connections with yes. these man, these toy makers and these collectible <laughs> makers, you got to help me, man. I need a Kiati Mundi hot toy. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're making Kid Fisto. I know. Um, might as well make, make Kiati Mundi. I, I'm shocked that there's no fu official Funko one yet. Oh, dude. Who needs? I got the baddest ass custom. I saw. Oh my god, I love it. Even well, if Funko puts one out, I have to get it because I have to support merch made with that character. But I don't yeah. need one now. So you're set. Yeah, I'm set. And you know, Sideshow several years ago, I think like back during Revenge of the Sith era, did a Kiati Mundi, and it's not great looking. It's not. No. But I still want it. Do you have the uh, the Clone Wars uh, Kiari Moody figure? I bought that at Celebration last year. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> yeah, I bought That's that awesome. and, uh, and the uh, the concept art version with the eye patch. Oh, that's a great figure. Yeah, it's a cool one. Legacy collection one. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys. I think the eye patch would have improved his credibility. <laughs> oh, you think? So? You give him that little <laughs> bit of edge. Eye patch and a leather jacket. Yeah, it would have made him cigarettes. less of a, uh, a sad sack. Hey, man. Oh, what? 
Are you sandbagging your own podcast? The Kiate shade. I'm, I'm just saying he always he always had negative things. He was a negative Nancy. He was. There's, I mean? Yeah, there's no denying that. He I wasn't know. like you know, he didn't have good things to say about our heroes. Right. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think that does it for our Clone Wars chat. We've got two voicemails tonight, and then I think that wraps it up for us. So, speaking of the man himself, we're going to play a quick little ditty, and then we'll hear from our buddies King Tom and Jim. Crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Giddy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Lou Herb Cockhead Harsberger Cockhead Will Witt Cockhead Goose Paint Cockhead G-Money Cockhead King Tom Cockhead Joe Cockhead K&D Cockhead Cockhead All right, so first up, we're going to hear from our buddy King Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. I hope you guys had a wonderful May the 4th. We got a bunch of amazing news and stuff that I'm looking forward to. But, you know, and I didn't say anything about the 250th episode of Blue Harvest last week just because it kind of slipped my mind. But I think, you know, it's it's even more important. Congratulations on five years of an amazing podcast. And I think I think it's great that you guys started on May the 4th, 2015. And, and I've been kind of thinking about that this week because I remember I didn't I didn't listen to Blue Harvest until a few months in, but I remember when I was doing May the 4th, 2015, we are we were on our way to a family vacation, and I think that was the day that the Vanity Fair issue about The Force Awakens hit, and we found out all this information about the movie. We got pictures of the aliens from Maz's castle and Captain Phasma, and, and it was just a really cool day, and... Just think about like everything that's happened since then. We had a few books. Um, I think Rebels had started, but we've just gotten so much more amazing stuff in in the five years since then. And I just wanted to look back on that for a second. But also ask you guys, you know, five years down the road when you guys are recording around Blue Harvest episode 500, where do you guys want Star Wars to be? I mean, I think I know the obvious answers. Boba Fett movie, uh, more stable release schedule, and just more good stuff all around that makes people happy. That would be my guess for what you guys want. Um, I would personally love more uh, Ugnaughts with multiple personalities who happen to be college professors, but I, I, will, I need that more of that in the, uh, in the, in the canon, if you will. But I want to see what you guys have to say. Anyway, thanks for listening. And as always, thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Tom. I totally forgot to mention that this is our five-year episode. Congratulations, yeah. guys. That's awesome. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, like, if you do the math, if we had uh, managed to release an episode every week over the last five years, we'd be at 260. So mm. missing nine episodes in five years, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. That is incredible, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, man, where do we want to be with Star Wars in five years? Will, why don't you kick this one off? In five years. Uh, 2025. Let's say working on the next trilogy, uh, whether the first movie is out or two movies out, we probably only get one movie, if you know, maybe one movie of the next trilogy. Um, but it would be cool, and I would like to see more Disney Plus series, uh, limited series or, or whatnot. Um, those would be cool. And now I would love to see a return to the standalone movies. Like I'd love to see Solo two or a Boba Fett movie. You know, those would be great for me. But yeah. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, so I would like to see, by 2025, I would like to have, I guess, a clearer picture on what to expect in the future from Star Wars. I'd like to see their phase one. Yeah, well, mm. yeah, I feel like we've kind of seen their phase one. Yeah. So I want to know, like, a general idea of what the future, like... So if things stick to their current schedule, we will have gotten two new Star Wars movies by that point, whether they're parts of the same trilogy or whatever it happens to be. We'll have gotten those. Um, you know, by then we'll have had the Obi-Wan series. Um, the Cassian series will probably still be going strong for Catherine Nee. She, she got a little upset because I said that I thought maybe it would be a uh, miniseries. Um, mm. And she loves some Cassian. Um, I think the Mandalorian will probably be wrapped up by then. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like however many episodes of that they want to do, obviously something with Boba Fett. I, I'm well past expectations thinking that we're going to see a movie with Boba Fett, but something with that dude would be cool. Uh, I would like by 2025 for us to actually have an open world RPG star Wars game. Ooh, that would be cool. Mike, that's the one thing we talk about every time when we talk about video games. Like, give us that. We'll be, you know, shit. By then, <clears throat> five years into what is the next generation of consoles at this point. So those things will be running like crazy. You know, the install base will probably be pretty good for PlayStation and hopefully Xbox. PC will still be running strong. Nintendo's next console will be out by then. So give us some really, really good Star Wars games in that time. Like I want to be, I want to think of Star Wars games having trouble and not being well received at first, even though uh, Fallen Order is exempt from this. I want that to be a thing well in the past. <clears throat> um, and I would like to have some sort of idea if, we ever will get like an episode 10 if we mm. will ever see those characters you know the sequel trilogy characters carry on in new stories um that would be cool what about you Corey? well i think um i would really like to have a solid bookend on ahsoka story by then you know the start to finish 
Uh, same thing with Rex. Um, that's something I've been wanting for a long time. So I think by that point, I would certainly hope there isn't any more like, oh, but guess what, guys? She's she's still around in the sequel trilogy era. Right. Like it's 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 time to wrap up her story in a great way. So I hope they do that. Um, I also do hope there's more direction and sharing stuff with the fans. I think that that's been something that's been really lackluster with the fact, like, especially right now when we're in that drought period mm-hmm. where we don't really know what's going on moving forward. I think that they need to start to just do what Marvel does. You know, I know, I know they're not the exact same thing, but they have the range of a franchise. So that's what both of them have in common. So I would certainly hope that Lucasfilm starts making reveals like Marvel does and saying for the next two years, this is pretty much what you're going to be getting. Get excited, get hyped. Um, And then also, I think Star Wars has to be something that hopefully Disney stops treating like as like a special thing. I don't really subscribe to the idea that Star Wars has to be an event type movie or anything. I think you could write bust out as many star wars stories as you want without feeling restricted so i hope by that point we just also crimson dawn series oh that would be cool <laughs> yeah and by that Spoken point series, also I, crimson dawn series yeah 100 <laughs> percent. um yeah you know i think a good way for them to sort of approach star wars is not everything kind of like you said doesn't need to be an event meaning yeah they could spend a little less on a star wars movie and it not have to make over a billion dollars for them to right. feel like it was a success. Exactly. You know, like I'm pretty sure Marvel considers some of its smaller movies, your Ant-Man movies, your Doctor Strange, and things like that, that I don't believe broke a billion. No. I'm pretty sure they consider those a success because the yeah. budgets were in line. Exactly. And, you know, those are effects-heavy spectacle movies too. So, you know, there's no saying you can't. And honestly, I think they tried that with Solo, and had they not had to reshoot most of that movie, um, you know, it definitely wouldn't have cost them as much as it did in the long run. Right. So, a little more smooth sailing, uh, I think, would benefit them quite a bit. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I just want to see of everything that's sort of out there. What's what's the order? what's the premise you know where is it going to show up because we've got so many things either confirmed or sort of floating out there um you know heavily rumored and stuff that would be cool like Corey said if they were just a little a tiny bit more open you know and yeah i know in some regards that kind of sets them up for if something doesn't work out then oh shit here we go again yeah. such and such is having trouble but you know that needs to be that needs to be figured in i think yeah and like you said if you have the roadmap to begin with that will happen less but you've got to i mean you got to prepare for some bumps in the road yeah you know like the what was it the what was the hulk movie with edward norton i think it's just called the incredible, oh, the incredible hulk. hulk the incredible yeah. hulk like that was definitely a bump in the road for the mcu right like they did not foresee all the issues with that but uh you know it worked out fine in the end nobody really is upset about that yeah the biggest thing you can say about that is a lot of times people forget that that's actually considered part of the mcu canon right yeah because it was so early on and it was like 
a co-production with Universal and the change of the cast, like changing the casting. They don't reference it anymore, really, honestly. No, they still do. Do they? Yeah, they have, um, uh, I think, isn't uh, the guy that was in Civil War? Yeah, Alexander Ross. Ross? Yeah. Ross Thunder, something. Yeah, Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. Yeah, so he'll be in uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah. So a little bit of a reference there. Yeah, and they always talk about, like, you'll hear, they'll drop little references to, like, oh, remember what the Hulk did in New York, which is from the end of that movie so oh i thought that was from okay all right yeah all right so we got one more voice message for the uh, show and then we'll call it a day this is from our buddy jim halls will and Corey. how the (laughs) hell are you guys doing good evening man i just came up with a fucking question i think it's good man um so if you so clone wars is now over i know that there's one guy very upset about that right now but very happy with what we got like the rest of us um but so let's say they start making a new quote-unquote clone wars animated show exactly same style same people that working working all together and they start covering an in-between the movies uh, show. The popular answer, I'm sure, would be between six and seven, all the stuff with Luke, Kylo, all that cool shit. Everybody would say that. But what about pre-Phantom Menace, some, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, also post-Rise of Skywalker and following around Rey, Finn and Poe in a Clone Wars style show. Man, I just count me in. I'm signing a tune in in. <laughs> but uh, what what would you guys like the most in between? There's I think there's a lot of good, interesting ones. And would you? Th- I mean, that's a possibility, right? I mean, what chances you give it? What percentage? All right, gentlemen, ignite the green. Well, I think based on earlier conversations with our buddy Corey. Oh, well, I'm playing it again. Uh, I think earlier conversations, maybe not super possible in the near future, unless they're going to be working on more than one animated series at a time. But I know personally, either of those eras being explored in animation would be cool. I would be excited about either of those prospects, pre-Phantom Menace or post-Episode Nine. Yeah, that sounds cool. I feel like post-episode 9 is off the table for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) I think until they decide they want to do an episode 10 and figure out where it's set post-episode 9, like, you got to be careful exploring that era too much because you don't want to, like, hinder anybody's creative vision for post-episode 9 movies. Um. So you got to be careful. You don't want to get into a situation where it's like, oh, you know all those stories we told you post-episode 9? Those don't count because we just hired this guy to do episode 10, and he said those don't count, you know? Yeah. Uh, What do you want to see, Corey? What would you think? Now, okay, look. Rex, Ahsoka, let's take those off the table. We know that's your number one answer, right? Yeah. Any other animated series, what would you like to see? I would love to see... 
I'm just I'm not gonna say anything in the time periods we've already seen, but I would I would have loved if the High Republic was getting an animated series because that's kind of where my head went to the minute I saw that art. I'm like, wow, that would make an incredible animated series. I think you're absolutely right. I think that would be well suited for an animated series. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I don't think at this point we can rule it out. Yeah. I think it really depends on the reception to that. If the High Republic comes out and, you know, people are like, eh, it's okay, then I think that hurts its chances. But if it comes out and people are like, wow, this is great. I love this character or that character or just the time period in general. You like, just like with Ahsoka. It was only a matter of time before we see Ahsoka in live action, right? Just well, like, did, what were you going to say, buddy? They did such a good job with Resistance, you know, and it was so short. I feel like they couldn't mess up High Republic. Like, I know I shouldn't say that, but it, yeah, I just feel like they know what they're doing. I feel like the animated Lucasfilm stuff knows exactly what they're doing and exactly where they're headed. Yeah, and it's weird because I think Resistance is going to fall into this weird in-between era where it really does feel like it was kind of a stopgap. It was so they could have animated stuff coming out before whatever this next thing is ready. And Um, it's so sad because those characters were so well set up, and I was finally emotionally invested in everyone, including Tam, that... Right. And but that being said, the idea of uh, what we haven't seen in in um, animation yet, an animated series set in a unconnected timeline is exciting mm-hmm. because Gosh. Clone Wars, obviously, that plays very heavily on the prequels, yeah. Rebels heavily on the original trilogy, Resistance heavily on the sequel trilogy. So to do an unconnected animated series would be really cool because there's none of that baggage or none of that expectation of, oh, this person has to show up or this thing has to happen or they have to address this thing. You know, that's that's something they've had to do with the character of Ahsoka ever since she was addressed. Yeah, you know, one thing I love about what I think they should do going forward is always have something in a particular timeline. I think that that's really smart that we're getting Kenobi mm-hmm. that's in between three and four. So you kind of have something for your prequel and original trilogy fans in one. You've got the Cassian show, which is something for the original trilogy fans. And even, yeah, even the prequels. You've got Mandalorian. That's kind of the first time we're exploring a time period that hasn't been touched upon on screen. Um, and then, of course, we've got, you know, hopefully the Rebel sequel, which is going to be sort of another untouched time period in, right. in, in animation. Um, and I think that's a smart thing to do. Like, I mean, even if they decided to go back and finish some gaps in Clone Wars, then you also have a couple Clone Wars era stories still. So I think that's smart that each department should have something for everyone. And I think that that's part of the reason they brought Clone Wars back was to see how well that worked in terms of everything we've gotten previous. So I, I think we're going to we're going to see a lot of different time periods explored in animation and in the Disney plus shows and in the films. Yeah. Cause the first couple of years of the Disney Lucasfilm stuff, not a lot of prequel content, you know? Yeah. So no, it's been n- nice to see them go back in that direction with clone wars and stuff. 
Right. So, you know, it, it. I think that is a good idea to try and maybe not all at the same time, but, you know, sort of shuffle around. You, you, oh, so we're over in this area now with this thing. And this right. other thing is going to be in this area. And then in the meantime, if you can populate different parts of the timeline, like the High Republic or the Old Republic or post episode nine or whatever it is. I think that's a good idea too. sort of let ideas germinate over there. See what pops up, catches on with people, you know, because just like with Ahsoka, I think it's a matter of time before we see Afra show up in something besides a comic. Oh yeah. 100%. You know, another popular yeah. character, another character that's <clears throat> shown up in, for lack of a better term, a non-traditional star Wars medium, meaning not live action. The catches yeah. on with people that they would be silly not to use in another format. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, that's hopefully the direction they're going in. And I think that that's certainly what we're seeing coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that sounds exciting. Oh, I know, Jim, I know what I want. A Tar Vizsla animated series. Ooh. That's what I want. Ooh, yeah. Jedi Mandalorian with the Darksaber. Wow. That would be incredible. Yes. Well, guys, I think that does it for us this week. Corey, buddy, thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, anytime. Yeah, man. Thank you for for being here. Absolutely. You guys are are some of my favorites, so I I appreciate it. You guys are um, honored. Absolutely go and check out all of Corey and Noah and everybody else's content over at Kessel Run Transmissions on YouTube. It's a it's a good time. Um, Thanks, guys. Next time you talk to Noah, tell him that uh, it's too bad Star Wars Celebration might be postponed because I still owe him a, a roll of shiny nickels. <laughs> I will I will pass that along. But I, I I'm a man of my word. The next time we see each other, I'm going to ask him to hold out his. No, you know what it's going to be like. He's going to be standing on the edge of a cliff, looking out at the ocean. <laughs> And I'm going to will up all sweaty and shit. Like, did you see all those stairs? Damn. And I'm going to hold out a roll of nickels to him. And he's going to turn around with his robot hand and look at me all weird. It's going to be the perfect setup for celebration. Nice. That that's, we we should, uh, we should get that going. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, if you haven't already leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we're getting real close to 200 of them. So that'd be an awesome milestone to hit. And helps people that like Star Wars podcasts find our podcast. Yeah. And it grows the family. Uh, and check out Stoned Cobra if you like our theme song. They were the band that was kind enough to provide the music. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobraband.bandcamp.com. And until next week, when who knows? I keep expecting us to be showing up being like, well, we don't got much to talk about. Um, <laughs> Until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. Always. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>